Hey, this is Kyle from The Sword, and you're listening to And Podcast for All. Welcome to a podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And this is where you say, and I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, dude. Jeff, you there? Season two, episode eight right now, dude. Jeff, are you there? Dude. Are you okay? Well, I guess Jeff's not joining us tonight. Here we are, season two, episode eight. We're going to Muckle Teal, Washington. Everyone say that together. One, two, three. Muckle Teal, Washington, to uh, chat with our new buddy, Mr. Jeremy Case. Quickly on the news this week, Blackened Whiskey, uh, S&M 2 bottle of Blackened Whiskey, batch 106. How cool is that? Artwork done by Squindo. Don't forget about the Helping Hands concert and auction November 14th at uh, 2 p.m. HQ Pacific time. You can stream it. You can download it. You can save it. You can do whatever you want with it. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Jeff, are you ready to jump in here? Nah, he's not here. Maybe he'll join us later. Here we go. Muckle Teal, Washington. Mr. Jeremy Case. Enjoy. All the way from Seattle, Washington. To be exact, Jeff, a town called Muckle Teal. Oh, wow. How do you think think he spells that? Mm, Yeah, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just throw out the alphabet and you might get close. Yeah. Got a one in twenty six shot. Muckle, <laughs> I like those odds. <laughs> Muckle Teal, Washington. Let's just call it Seattle, Washington. Mister Jeremy Case, what's up, Jeremy? What's going on, guys? How's it going, man? Good, good, good. Just uh, chilling about here on my porch and ready to talk some Metallica. You just moved to uh, Muckle Teal, I understand. Yep, I uh, used to reside in uh, a little bit outside south of Portland, and. Um, you know, shit started getting really bad with the fires um, in the little town I was in was called Calacamas. And uh, I know we were we were under heavy smoke for a long, long time. And uh, at one point I was like level two evac. So I was wow. getting I was getting close to um, level three and nev- never did. Um, but uh, we, shit just kind of hit the fan with that. And we were kind of. It was kind of a little bit of a tough financial position, so came up here with uh, with the woman and her folks, and we're kind of just uh, camping it out. A little bit safer up there? Yeah, absolutely. Good, good. A little bit more tucked away. How many levels of fire are there? So you're between a two and a three? Well, th- those are just evac levels. Those are evacuation levels. Uh, when a fire gets closer to your... Uh, to wherever you live, they got level one, two, and three. Three is like, you need to get the fuck out of there. Your place is pretty going to probably burn. <laughs> like wow. Two is like, get ready, you know, start making plans. I had to go back at, at a certain point and I had to get all of my important shit out of my apartment because I was like, you never know. They, they was it's- getting out. It was out of control because it was like a whole straight week where it was dry and windy and the winds were kicking really bad. And, um, the, there were like two big fires and they merged with each other. And I guess one of the big fires like made it like traveled fucking 17 miles in one day. Damn, wow. That's insane. The winds were that high. It started on Mount hood right up on Mount hood. And then it, it like moved all the way 
basically uh, west and kind of north. And it was like at, at one point in time, I believe there was like six or seven fires within the Portland metro area, just wow. like fucking ready to burn. And then we got like that whole two weeks of torrential downpours. And then it went from fires to floods. <laughs> so a level two is kind of like get your shit ready and then level three is fight fire with fire time yeah that's exactly what it is <laughs> oh, man yeah when all when all those fires started i don't know if you've ever seen the tv show weeds but uh oh yeah yeah there's in one of the seasons like oh, the whole area that they live in starts on fire and that's like at first what i thought of but then i was like holy shit like this is real life <laughs> Sorry, guys. Got the planes landing in the background. <laughs> oh no, it's all good, dude. I can hear that so clearly, Jeremy. Oh yeah, dude. Shane, Shane what kind of plane was that? Uh, might be a Queen Air, or a King Air. Yeah, man. I'm right. Boeing Field is right behind me. They build. Uh, they just actually uh, took uh, Shane. They actually just took all the 787 production out of Everett. They're um, they're, they're, yeah, they're ripping it out and. South Carolina, I think. Yeah, people are kind of people are pissed about it up here because it's going to put a lot of people out of work. That's a lot of jobs. I bet one third of that area is employed by Boeing. Oh yeah, there's so many people employed by Boeing. It causes a traffic jam in an area where there's no traffic. Like at three thirty every day, when all the Boeing people let out, it jams up the the five twenty six freeway right here, and it's just like stop and go traffic for like two hours. Ooh, that sucks. I believe it should change. Isn't that uh, isn't that facility the largest building in North America? I believe. Yep, it was so big they actually had to fit it to the Earth's curvature because it's so damn massive, so long. What? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Long so for all you, that it actually curves. So for all you flat earthers out there, there you go. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wrong. The proof is in the pudding right here. You heard it first and That's on right. and podcast for all. You just can, come you imagine, building. can you imagine designing a building and go up, just hold the blueprints, guys. At this point, is the building's long enough that it's actually curving? Yeah, man. Yeah. Here, when you hold the blueprint, can you kind of curve it right here at the <laughs> end so we can get an idea of what we're looking at? <laughs> we, really need, we need a topical reimagination of what it's really going to look like. <laughs> That's impressive. I was just in Cincinnati, and that's going to be the new Amazon like hub. They're calling it like the Death Star, <laughs> and the Amazon sorting facility. And since he's going to be the second largest building next to uh, Boeing, so then Cincinnati really will squish them all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cincinnati squish them all. Where are you under my feet? There we go. <laughs> We'll see if the like, Cincinnati building's got some curves to it. <laughs> but I'm thinking Amazon's going to have a sorting facility almost as big as Boeing. Think how many packages is moving through a building compared to a, a building that, you know, manufactures wide-body Boeings. Oh, man. I, I, a lot I, of boxes. I got a good feeling because I just got done working a job for one of the major package carriers was delivery driving. So it's nuts, man. And I can tell you right now, since the, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, like this shit's worse than Christmas and we haven't even hit Christmas. That's yeah, just <laughs> nonstop. Wait till, yeah. you know, black Friday and 30 days until Christmas time. 
It's going to be fucking unreal. Yeah, it's going to be a little crazy this year, especially since you're going to have half as many people wanting to go out and shop and everyone's going to just try and do everything online. And then it's going to be ridiculous, especially if another stimulus package gets approved before the holidays. That's just an extra twelve hundred dollars in everybody's pocket. Yeah, people are going to want to (laughs) spend. Yeah. Great point. If anyone, any of you want to buy me a gift, Metallica.com gift card is where you go. There you go. <laughs> or one of those nice Hawaiian shirts. Those That's new right. Hawaiian shirts fit you perfectly, Shane, right down there in Florida. I think that'd be perfect. Yeah, he need, he needs one of each. Yeah. One of each. <laughs> I like the darker one. I think it's like the darker purple and blue. Those pile of bones kind of reminds me of like the damaging artwork. Yeah. Oh, right, right. That's got to be a Rob and a Kirk idea. That's That's got to be. Gotta be. It was a large idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Let's set up the surfer boys. He's he still. Got, oh, sorry. Go ahead. He got so pissed off that nobody notified him about. Right. Hawaiian exactly. Shirt day that That's he was why. Like, Fuck you! I'll make my own Hawaiian shirt. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> he was like, you know what? This is for me and my people. You guys don't even get one. That's right. <laughs> he was so pissed at Kirk's birthday. That was funny. Can <laughs> I say funny. something that I think is bullshit? A Phil uh, Cole signature series Hawaiian shirt. There you go. <laughs> no, he's got. He gets the Cosby sweaters. Yeah, the Cosby. That's a good point too, man. <laughs> good well, God, Jeremy, after eight minutes of babble, uh, welcome to a podcast for all. Where you, the fan, drive the discussion, decide the topics. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, this thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Again, anyone could be on the show. Just email us at andpodcastforall at gmail.com. What do you want to chat about, man? Well, um, actually, just just recently, I just got um, the SNM2 vinyl, the nice. 4LP, and uh, I was uh, I just got all the proper record cleaning care shit and was in there uh, giving that a spin last night. Oh, I'd love to hear that record on oh. vinyl. Dude, it is a, such a night and day difference. I could imagine between the Spotify and the release and, or whatever, uh, you know, streaming outlet to vinyl. I always, I always tell people, if you really want to hear music, listen to vinyl. And I'm not just saying that to be like a fucking audiophile or a music elitist or whatever, but it truly it's is true. the best sound. It really is. The only thing I was disappointed about it was it's kind of annoying after having to flip every vinyl, only like two or three songs. And, and then, how long they are. And then I thought with a with a project of that magnitude, they'd probably put it out on 180 gram, and they didn't. And I was hoping so bad they'd put it out on 180 gram vinyl, because oh, that's I'm surprised they didn't. That's top notch, best quality vinyl sound you could ever hear in any platform on any type of shit. But it was very interesting. Came with like a little 14 page booklet. Oh, that's cool. And. uh I was looking through that and it was all, it's kind of like lithography type things. Like they had the outlines of the, of the instruments with the pictures. And there was a word in there from Michael Tilson, Thomas, uh, Scott Pringle and Lars Ulrich. They kind of all wrote their little blurbs about the show and um, what it took to get it all together and, and things like that. Uh, Not like, not like that. It was a little bit different, but on the line yeah did you get the box set yeah is it the same it should be the same booklet it's on the yeah on the inside it's just a different yeah that's a different uh uh cover page all this stuff yeah all that stuff yeah 
Yeah, we're rocking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit different because I just got the vinyl. I just had ordered it, and then you got the box set. So the box sets, the the box sets, only one they had left was like the three hundred and fifty dollar one that was signed. Oof, and I was, and I was like, "Fuck, man, I can't." With having kids, I can't and shit. I can't justify spending that much money. My hey, girlfriend would fucking kill me. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I've got three daughters, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm working on my fourth kid right now. Oh, I even Four. tried to give Jeff a free ticket to S and M too, and he still didn't come. Well, yeah, that's rough. That's rough, <laughs> man. I, yeah, but you gotta understand. He told me this, and it was like trying to get a plane ticket like a week or two beforehand out there. Hey, man. See, and then you look like James Hetfield and, and, and that little scene in Some Kind of Monster where he's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to Russia for here for two weeks. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I'm going to S&M too. Bye. Yeah, like, no, it doesn't work quite that easily. Doesn't go over so well with the women. No. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so you know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know definitely about that, man. I'm working on my fourth kid right now. Um, probably due around the time of Lar- Larzy Pooh's birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Christmas do on the twenty eighth. Yeah, twenty <laughs> eighth of December. So, you guys have all those. Merry uh, Christmas to you guys. Yeah, no shit. That's the biggest one you can get. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All those ankle biters and dream killers just limit you from going to cool shows, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've I've gotten to a, to a good few number of them over the past few years. Um, you know, my first one obviously was in. Uh, since I'm from Denver, I was born and raised. Uh, my first one was uh, November fourth, two thousand eight, the Death Magnetic tour, nice, um, the man. Pepsi Center. Um, yeah, that was that was an interesting show for sure. The it was Pepsi very, Center, Avalanche and uh, Nuggets. Nuggets Arena, Mammoth, Colorado Mammoth, they're the lacrosse team there. Hey, before we get any further, Jeremy, what did Seattle just name their hockey team? The Kraken. That's what it is. I can never think of the that. Seattle Kraken. Yep. We uh, had Jay Middleton on a couple months ago before they named it and before they came out with the Kraken. I'm like, what the hell is that? Just think octopus, man. Okay. Kraken, so the one that's, thing, that's what it is. The one thing I was thinking of, I was thinking of this. I was like, I'm going to be so damn disappointed if uh, if they if they don't call it the Crack House, first of all, if they don't call the arena the Crack House, I'll be very disappointed. The crack house. By the way, I'm le- I'm leaving that airplane in this episode. That sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get a few flybys. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. And then if they're not coming out to Limp Biscuits Crack Attic, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> not only because it's called Crack Attic and the Kraken, but Limp Biscuit played that song in Seattle for WrestleMania 19. That was like the theme wow. song, so like it's like full circle in so many different ways. And if they don't do that, I'm gonna be super, super, very disappointed. Jeff, you know that song? Oh, of course I do. I love Limp Bizkit. That is classic. You know, speaking of you know the WWE, it was funny. I just saw a video the other day. Uh, I don't, I don't know some something to do with video games, and it showed a clip from an old WWE game, and you uh, you can unlock Fred Durst to be the character. Yep, <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest thing ever. He comes out and he's got his baseball red baseball cap backwards, and he's on a low rider, and it's hilarious. Yeah. That's a red New York Yankees backwards. I believe, right? if I'm not mistaken, that was SmackDown Two. Know your role, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh... I did it all for the Kraken. Yeah, the Kraken. <laughs> yeah. 
It's going to be very interesting, man, especially with Jeff Bezos owning the arena. You know, yeah, speaking and, of Amazon, that's right up in your neighborhood there, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amazon headquarters and all kinds of stuff, man. It's it's definitely fucking interesting for sure. They should, they should name that the crack house. I like that. The crack house. The fans are crack addicts. It's gonna be, <laughs> we're going to be the most punned on team in the league. I promise you. Yeah, but, but well, you, guys, like, you guys got to just own it, though. The bootleggers are going to have so much fun with <laughs> with all the fucking pun merchandise to like sell on the third on the third market. Fifty bucks. That's the only merch I'm going to buy. Right, is the bootlegger the bootlegged? <laughs> yeah, you can buy like a foam the, octopus in the parking ramp for five bucks. Yeah, and you know or if someone uh, doesn't make it, we're going to make it. That's right. Or if you're familiar, Shane, uh, the spit and chicklets boys, they'll have fun with it. For sure, if you ever get to listen to that podcast, spit and chicklets, spit and chicklets. Yep, it's with. I uh, have not heard of this. It's a completely hockey podcast. It's with Paul Bissonnette, uh, Ryan Whitney. Oh um, wow, I know those names. You ever seen a bottle of vodka called the Pink Whitney? Yes. Yeah, Ryan Whitney created that yes. off of the spit, spit and chicklets. That's his. That's his. Uh, vodka. I know that show. That's very yep. cool. I'll have to check that out. It's great, man. Spit if you love hockey. You love that. I mean, it's the it's the podcast that got Jeremy Roenick fired from NBC. But <laughs> but uh, oh, that's where all that went down at. Yep, that's where it God, all went down. I would know this being a sports guy. It all rings a bell now, but I didn't know it was based off of that show. Now I'm gonna have yeah. to go back and listen to that. Oh God, I mean, that's hilarious. wasn't the wasn't the right thing to say at the right time, but I don't think it should have cost a man his job. Good Lord. Yeah, you say anything right now, and your job's on the line. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> You're under like 10 microscopes instead of one. I remember when any, this is going to date me a bit, NHL PA 93 came out for Sega Genesis. Jeremy Rodick was the only player on there rated 10 out of 10 with the Chicago Blackhawks. Badass Sega game. Yeah, he was like the, he was like the Bo Jackson of Tech Mobile. That's about what like it was. Unbeatable. <laughs> like, yeah, like, every th- speed, agility, power, shooting, fighting. He was a 10 out of 10 on everything. And, Man, when we were kids, everyone fought over who was the Blackhawks. I got a Griswold Blackhawks jersey, but that's about it. <laughs> Say again, Jeff? So I got the Griswold Blackhawks jersey, but that's about it. Hey, when you have a Clark Griswold jersey, that's right. that's better than anyone in the NHL. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no, man. Uh, I got a jersey in there hang, uh, hanging up, signed by Patrick Waugh. I, I had a chance big. to meet him. And I and I was uh, there and in 01 when won the cup. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Uh, I was in there in 01 when they won the cup. I got to see that uh, play out. So that was uh, That's history, I was there man. for game seven uh, when uh, Sackick passed the cup to Bork. Damn, I didn't know. Monumental. Yeah, I was only 10 years I old, and that. I didn't really know what was going on at that time. I didn't understand that that was a tradition, but I was, all I knew was it was just fucking awesome to have a cup. Right. Yeah. Same thing. I was 10 years old, Jeremy, when the Twins won the World Series in 91. Kirby Puckett. That's exactly right. And at the age of 10, you're like, oh, this happens every five or six years. Yeah, I'll see it again. Yeah, Here we are still, still waiting. waiting. <laughs> you know, it's a damn shame what happened medically to Kirby Puckett. It's a damn shame. It is. Yes, it sucks. It is. Sad story. Talking about, well, yeah, um, lost his, well, he went blind. He lost his leg. Yeah. Yeah. From He got hit yeah. by a pitch. Yeah. Is that a bird in the background? I don't know what that? that is. I I imagine <laughs> not mine. Well, maybe it might be here if it keeps, you know, 
I got a bunch of spiders hanging around. <laughs> but yeah. You hear that, Jeff? Oh, I yeah, I hear it. Between the bir- you got birds and airplanes flying around. That's why I don't know if you noticed. Be an owl. I, I took one of my earphones off because I heard something in the background and I thought maybe it was one of my kids and I kept listening for it and then I realized maybe the maybe the air conditioning was broken like god damn it fix that AC unit <laughs> flying around anyway your first show Jeremy was 2008 we got off the topic of the old Pepsi Center there yeah yeah so that was your first show um, Death Magnetic Death Magnetic that was my first really real concert really ever um that that day will forever be burned in my memory man i was spoiled that show i was so spoiled um i think it was maybe only the third or fourth show when they started that run i believe they had hit up portland seattle and i think they went started went to dallas albuquerque phoenix and then they came to denver so it was like the fourth or fifth show um it was with the sword and down i remember that because i remember seeing uh, Pepper Keenan on bass for Down, and then Phil on Selmo yeah, on, cool. on, on uh, lead vocals. And Love Down. I remember that Phil on Selmo was so into his shit, he like split his head open with a microphone. <laughs> and I Phil did believe- with the mic. Yeah, I was he he was like so into it and like banging He's his head so hard. Shit open. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, man! Like it was kind of cool because I mean, I, you know, me being a wrestling fan and whatnot, I was like, all right, I respect that, <laughs> you know, but uh. Um, yeah, we had gotten there, uh, me and my best friend, Jake, we'd gotten there and, um, I, I wasn't really, uh, we were just kind of hanging out. Didn't really know anybody. I didn't know like the whole, how loyal the whole fan base was and how in touch everybody was with each other. But the local radio station there, one Oh six, seven, uh, KBPI, um, they had this tent set up. And I had some of my friends in uh, high school word had gotten around that, like, you know, you go up to this tent and one of the radio show hosts is there. And if there's enough room, they'll upgrade your tickets for free. They'll take your tickets and give you what they'll give you um, a nice upgrade. If the if the concert wasn't filling out right, which unfortunately it wasn't sold out. And I don't know why it was very weird because Denver is a pretty strong market for Metallica. It was early um, on in the tour. People were probably still scared that they were going to play St. Anger. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I don't know. They might play Dirty Window. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and so uh, me and my friend Jake went up there and he's like, yeah, let me see your tickets. His name was Willie B. I'll never forget it. And he, we had first bowl seats. We were on the first bowl and he gave Nothing us, fl- that. and he gave us floor seats. And nice. we were there and we were there early enough to where, we got right to the front of the line because I told Jake, I told Jake, I was like, we need to go to the fucking front of the line right now. Like, I was like, I'm not going to miss my chance to ride the rail on my first show. Like, it's not like that's that's it's too fucking epic. That's you great know? luck for your first show, man. Oh, it, it continues further on more down the line. Good. Let's but, hear uh, it. You know, this concert was particularly interesting because um, not to bring like too much politics and everything like everything fucking does, but it was election night. Um, for oh, sure. For Barack Obama, it was November 4th. It was election day. And, uh, you know, just between sets between down and the sword and all that, all I could hear everybody saying was like, oh, Obama won this state or McCain won this state. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Right. I'm here to I'm here to see Metallica. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Metallica night. 
Exactly. Like we can worry about all that bullshit when we get out of here. That's kind of the whole point of a concert is to get away from all that shit. Yeah. Escape from the daily just grind and bullshit. Cut loose and and uh, I think about 2008. That's that's kind of before iPhones and smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I was surprised how people were in an arena getting live updates like you had to have high dollar high quality phone back then to get even Either that or you updates. were paying an yeah. arm and a leg for that data oh yeah true oh yeah that's that's back when like you got charged per text that you sent yeah here's your five hundred dollar <laughs> bill you had minutes yeah you had minutes and that was that was it there weren't oh, i really remember un- that man. unlimited anything like there is now i didn't come here for politics and metallica i came here for the sword man that's right. The sword, the sword is, down. They're they're pretty epic. I love the sword. They really were. They really were. So, um, we start. You know, we start getting into the concert, and uh, you know, third song in. So the first was that was just your life. Second song, end of the line. Third song was ride the lightning. Oh, just like dude. right off the bat, nice opener. I was like, holy shit! Like, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it that they played ride the lightning. You know, I'd I'd uh, I'd just been getting into all their previous records around that time. You know, because '07 is when I really started jumping on the Metallica train pretty hard. So I was like, "Holy fuck, this is Ride the Lightning!" What was the first record that you really dove deep into? Um, <laughs> you're gonna love this, Jeff Saint Anger. Saint yes. Anger was the first one. I that's Whoa. where I kind of started at because for that period in that time, because. Whenever you get into a band, you're like, okay, well, what's their most recent shit sound like? Because I kind of had known what all their older shit sounded like because my mom was a huge Metallica fan my whole entire childhood. And there would be times where I could remember and recall at certain points in my life where I could remember hearing like Enter Sandman or Sad But True in the car. Like her and my aunts were huge, huge Metallica fans right up until about Load and Reload. (laughs) They cut their hair and they were like, yeah, we're out. Mom's well, like, see ya. Dude, I remember it wasn't exact. I think it was right around the time of Reload 98. And my mom had just went to like uh, media play. It was kind of like, you know, Sam Goody, Best Buy, whatever. I remember those. She picked up the album and I remember she played it in her car. And my aunt, I can remember this so vividly. Her, my aunt was like, they were, she was just getting ready to talk to her before we took off in the car. And they were both hearing it and they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, because, you know, the last thing they had heard was the Black Album. They're like, what the fuck? My mom just kind of, like, turned it off. I remember that. She was like, she got one song in, and she was like. But that you remember that. That's what's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very interesting. She's like, don't judge them. This is not what they normally sound like. I swear. (laughs) Yeah, my mom, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of into, like, um, I, I got really heavy into the new metal around that time. Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, Corn, yep. all that. I'd gotten pretty heavy into all of that because I was becoming a teenager about that time, and those were the bands that ruled the landscape at that time. Oh, for sure. So, so you guys are similar in age. So, Saint Anger was both monumental to both of you. Yeah, for sure. That's why Saint Anger was such a big deal for me too. Because I mean, I'm in my late twenties, and for me, I mean, I I, I liked Metallica's previous stuff before St. Anger and like I was a fan at that point but there's just something about that album that you know I think it's because of the time period and you know sentimental yeah absolutely yeah I kind of I, 
I kind of like I'm I'm not really exactly a fan of Saint Anger, but I appreciate it for what it was for the time because I I tell everybody this: no matter how much you may hate it or dislike it or not really like the sound, if that album didn't happen, there'd be no Metallica today. It just wouldn't be that that album had to happen for them to continue. Very true. They had to get all that shit out. Yeah, there was there was no other way for them to get around it after not dealing with it for 20 plus years. Yeah. For everyone that loves death magnetic and hardwired, those albums potentially wouldn't have happened with. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They wouldn't. And so, you know, that's kind of, and then I went in reverse. Cause like I found the Metallica kids at my school. I was like, yeah, I like Metallica now. And they're like, here, here's all their first four albums. And they burned them. Sorry, Lars, <laughs> but they burned them for me. And that's how I fucking heard them <laughs> because and you're like, I'm listening to puppets and disposable. It doesn't sound anything like Invisible Kid, right? Yeah, no, it sounded, but it's that's what I'm saying. It like it grew my love for them even further because I was like, man, this shit really sounds cool. And you know, my stepdad had listened to kind of like metal around that era, like Quiet Riot and uh, shit like that. So I was like, man, this is kind of way heavier than what I grew up listening to, but it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's kind of what drew me in. So I could leave this conversation and Jeff and Jeremy could just talk with Jeff Bunchu from Gunlock Bunchu Winery. You guys could have a whole St. Anger podcast. St. <laughs> Anger all. For sure. I mean, man, I can St. <laughs> Anger for all. <laughs> and frantic for all. There we go. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, so, and then, uh, you know, the, the, um, the set list kind of continued getting back to the show. It kind of continued the same, uh, has, it always had, you know, broken, beaten, scarred, um, you know, nothing else matters. All, all the, all the normal shit leading up to the encore, you know, uh, sand, they get done with Sandman. They come out with the encore. They started playing a little bit of merciful fate, which was pretty, James kind of teased it a little bit. If you go back and hear it, um, and then um, they played Damage Incorporated. You know it's a good first show, dude, when you hear Damage Inc. Absolutely, man. I couldn't believe that. Um, I had briefly just touched on Master of Puppets for before the show and um, got to hear fucking Damage Inc. And I was like, wow. I, I knew that was a rarity just even because I had watched the shit out of everything Metallica that I could just consume. You know, um, luckily my mom had... Uh, live shit binge and purge she had a, a v- vhs cassettes though at the time the box cool set. So, yeah, with, so real quick the, the million dollar question for this episode seattle or san diego uh or mexico city if you're just going strictly off of audio if i'm going strictly off of audio it's mexico city it's mexico city for but sure between the two videos <laughs> i i gotta know 
San Diego was the one I watched the most because it had I was I was a pretty I was a pretty heavy black album guy so that had okay. most of the black album material on it so hey, great um, show great show yeah that's that's kind of how I started getting into drums that's because I just I watched I don't know what it was man I just watched I love that drum solo uh, yeah <laughs> I just at the time I didn't know but I was like man that's like fucking god this guy can really play and then I come to find out, you know, through James and previous interviews, like, eh, Lars wasn't always the best, but you not know. in the beginning. <laughs> no, not in the beginning. Just because of that drum solo, I still to this day want to go to pure platinum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I know it's Monday night and shit, right? But does anybody want to come drink down at pure platinum after the show? Is that a yes? San Diego, check it out, check it out, check it out, San Diego, check it out. <laughs> right. Hail Satan, if you please. Yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> or what he's talking about, how much he loves Coors Light. Hey, waitress, get your ass on over here. Speaking of Coors Light, we made a post about that today on Instagram. Hey, waitress, get your ass over here. And Jeff did not comment. I was severely saddened. I was at work. I'm sorry. Dude, silver bullet. <laughs> that's right, man. That's that's my beer. That's made in my home. <laughs> that's true, man. Not no more. I guess they're packing up out of Golden and moving to Chicago. But the Colorado, they're moving from Colorado what? to Chicago. They are. Yeah. What are you gonna it's, do about the Rockies? I don't know, man. They, that doesn't even I, make sense. That doesn't fit. How can you advertise it's made with fresh Rocky Mountain water too? No, I know. Now it's, it's gonna be Chicago. the it's gonna be the fucking windy beer now. Yeah, it's that green dye they put in the river, you know. And it's going to be all foamy and shit. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm going to give you your choice. Low Man's Lyric or Off to the I Disappear Desert? Well, go to the I Disappear Desert. Dun, dun, dun. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> all right, the I Disappear Desert where you are stranded for a really long time. Let's, well... I was trying to tie in Chicago and Coors Light, but that's not going to work. We're just going straight to the desert. Back to, are we on top of the rock? We're on top of that huge let's ass stay, rock. Let's say you're on top of the plateau with that bird in the background. There you go. At your house in uh, Muckle Toteo. I don't know how to say that anymore. <laughs> Muckle Teo. <laughs> let's say you're, you're still in Muckle Teo with that bird we've heard for the last 25 fucking minutes. And you guys have the next 20 years together. What are your five songs, man? Um, well, first I'm gonna have to start off. That's gonna, it's gonna be the lowest rated episode ever because they're like, oh no, they're gonna be here. The rays were like bird was going on for 25 fucking minutes. <laughs> the episode, the name of the episode is gonna be the birds. You know, like the Alfred Hitchcock bird. movie, okay. Free Bird, Free Bird. <laughs> Jeff and I's episode of and updates for all is by far the worst because it's just him and I. No one wants to hear that shit, man. Nobody wants to listen to me and Shane. That's why we have people on the show. Yeah. <laughs> or or the fact of 30 years later, everybody in Seattle, nobody in Seattle woke. James Hetfield didn't wake everybody in Seattle up but the bird. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly right. We got to wake their ass out of bed. That's right. I disappear. Here we go. All right. So 
Uh, first song off the rip got to be Outlaw Torn. Nice. First S and M though. Yes. Ooh, yes. number one. First. I'm S&M. with you on that one. Okay. Yeah, that 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 was. Uh, I love the the entire theatrics of that entire song. It's definitely a storyteller song, which is good criteria for for songs I listen to. Um, Absolutely. Second one's gonna be Sanitarium, for sure. Ooh. Yeah. Reminds uh, me of the uh, Sarah episode we just had. I was gonna say we've only gotten that one what once or twice maybe. Once or twice. Outlawed train keeps going, but Sanitarium's kind of been hiding out since we started this whole gig. Yeah. Well, since we started. Okay. How long has the band been together as Metallica? Well, since we started. <laughs> um. Third one's gonna be. Man. Oh, blackened for sure. Yes. And chain strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That's been popular the last couple weeks. Dude, I remember how rough that song was to learn on drums. Good fucking lord. Took it's a workout, about, man. It is. That, that's why. That's what everybody's uh, COVID workout plan is. Go get yourself a drum set, and then go get yourself And Justice For All. You even got to play it right. Just try to keep on tempo with it. Th- that's why when we play it live, Shane tells us, hey... We can play at album speed. We don't need to play at binge and purge speed because I'm going to get... It's a little tiring. He's like, give me a break here. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a workout. But you play that song live a lot like we have. It's still a mental workout. You can't can't zone out during that song. Way too many fills if you don't... Yeah, way too many fills if you don't nail them just like the album. Someone's going to get off track. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Love playing it live. For sure, yeah, it's a good, it's a good song. Uh, fourth probably is gonna be for me. Uh, ain't my bitch. Ooh, that's the first yeah. for that one. Jeff and I both say ooh at the same time. <laughs> that's such a but powerful. Now. That's such a powerful album opener. It really it is. is. It's. I would. Yep. I I don't I don't understand. I guess maybe because probably bad memories for everybody because it probably it probably wasn't such great times for them personally but i understand why they shy away from those albums so much man those those still got some really good hidden gems in, in the both of them i'd love to hear them play bitch regularly now i think it'd be and, awesome and king nothing and there's there's definitely a lot a, a few gems in both of those albums you rob play, would have it oh sorry go ahead you can play half the lord album live and people would be loving it yeah, absolutely. Rob, Rob and Kirk would have their work cut out trying to do Jason's backups, but you know, I think they could. I think they could pull it off. But now, <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob, you know, he might get a little bit hung up when it comes to Devil's Dance at the beginning bass part, but I it's think a little tough. It. Yeah, just think of Lord Live, bitch, sleeps, King, Hero, Bleeding, Outlaw, six songs right there. Yeah, yeah, and there's half the show. That's, two by four. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Think of those. What I, you know, they're not hits, but they're the most recognized songs off a of load. Think of those six. That's some powerful music off of one record. Yeah, I wouldn't mind throwing two by four in there either. That'd that's be not great a bad too. song. We did that song once, and it was it was fun just to have that kind of groovy swing thing yeah. going on. It's definitely got that. It's fun so on drums. I was in a jazz band playing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, fun, having man. that shuffle. It was fun. Yeah. Fun. Makes you realize at that time how much Lars uses his ride symbol. For real. It's not there anymore. <laughs> Very true. Very true, man. 
It's all China. China. It's from China. <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not, not the talk politics again, but I saw something there today where the Trump spelling of China is J-I-N-A. <laughs> it's from China. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I uh, got to have a good laugh every once in a while. China, 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 China. Whether it's China, China. So if you went to China and you wanted to get a job in China, I don't knock China. How could I dislike China? A man from China. China. <laughs> For sure, man. We talked about Obama night at the Pepsi Center, so there's our Trump China segment. China. <laughs> man. <laughs> Some bootlegger's got to make a fucking shirt or a bumper sticker out of that shit. That's that's going to be it's, great. Yeah, it's going to be in podcast for all. <laughs> Not a bad idea, man. Put it put it in Metallica stylistic China. China. Yeah, yeah, China spelled with the Metallica font. With the hook. There's a, there's actually some YouTube <laughs> videos where uh they did with Obama and they've done Don't Tread on Me with Trump. And they did sad but true. <laughs> I've Trump. seen that. I've seen the tread one. That's it's good shit. Great. It's great. It's good stuff, man. <laughs> that is uh, so good. I have seen that. That's great. Four. Uh, so we're on number four. Yeah. Uh, we're on five, dude. Five. Oh, yeah. This is what it's all about, right here. It's the money shot. Five's got to be fade to black. Yes. I can't. I can't leave that out. That's such a monumental song in Metallica Solid, history. Yeah, for sure. Solid. Jeremy's top five in the Disappear Desert Outlaw from SM1. Sanitarium, Shane's favorite blackened. Ain't my bit cha and fade to black. Nice list, dude. Outlaw, blackened, and fade. Those three have been probably some of the most constant ones. And that's that's great. Absolutely. That's great. It's just I I guess when we started all of this, those three wouldn't have been the top three that I think I would have thought everyone would have picked. You know what I mean? No, not even close. Right. I used to, I used to love it when I'd watch Cunning Stunts, and at the end of Ain't hey, My Bitch, James goes, fucking thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's it, man. He's like, I don't know what to say. I guess, fucking thanks. I'm going to go have another beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeff, you and I have said that to each other probably at least 50 times. 50 <laughs> times, yeah, in one Fucking van ride. Thanks. <laughs> right. That's a solid list, man. I need. I want to get like a whiteboard in my office studio here and have like an all-time tally of these songs. Oh, man, you're not, you have to go back and listen to all the episodes. I actually got them written down. I got them in the uh, M Podcast for All Vault. Oh, so we have a one vault and an M podcast, an APFA vault. We have a one vault and an APFA vault, but I need like a whiteboard so I can just reference this on the fly. I have a little scoreboard going here. There you go. You got to write zone it on it, though. If yeah, you don't zone, write, it, zone yeah. it on it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's not, it's not an official Metallica-themed whiteboard. Jeff, maybe Jeremy can run our Instagram scoreboard for the I Disappear Desert and update like a little, you know, up to the minute scoreboard. It only is, as long as he releases a mission statement first. Yeah. <laughs> bone it. <laughs> bone it. <laughs> Not zone, bone it. Bone. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was one of my favorite scenes, too. Was about, I was like, I had a problem with that thing right there. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking sign. The sign. He's, like, he's, like, he's like, I can't do that. He's like, basically just saying, I got a fucking record to make. <laughs> 
I love Bob Rock's attitude. I sometimes wish he would have just said, fuck it. All right, I'll join the band for a year, go out and fuck around. That would have been interesting. It would have been funny just to... Now, do I want Bob as a permanent member? No, but I mean, I think... Yeah, he did a couple shows, but I think he should have just taken the offer and just done like maybe like a North American leg of the tour just to see what it was like. I think it would have been cool to see him up on a big ass stage trying to just with adapt. BVGs, Bob's BVGs with, with his fifty-one P bass or whatever he had with the single coil. He'd probably yeah, he'd probably still have it connected to the cord. Well, he, yeah, he'd the have spiral cord. Yeah, he'd have a box there. Jimi Hendrix, you know, curly cable. And every night, Lars is going, no smiling. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm looking over at Bob, and, you know, he's just smiling the whole time. This isn't this kind of music. We're the biggest fucking band of all time. <laughs> yeah, now There's James no hugs everyone tour. on stage. <laughs> Best quote. This is not this kind of music. <laughs> well, just to go a little bit uh, further, bonus on the Denver show, too. That's kind of not where the treat stopped for me. Jesus, what a night. Keep going, man. And one fucking night uh, at the end of it, I secured one of those beach balls. Nice. Like, I got one of Kirk's picks nice. and I got a drumstick from Lars. So that was like, damn, all at your first show. First too. show, man. You're walking away with picks, sticks, beach balls and uh, damage incorporated. And you were on the rail and ride the lightning. <laughs> Solid, man. That was uh, a that, that solid. Yeah, I couldn't get any better than that. Which Kirk pick was it? Um, I can't remember. I gave it away to some kid because I felt like for some fucking stupid reason, I was like, this is greedy. I got to like give something away. Like I can't keep all of this. It, it looked like it was one of his like zombie picks. It was like green faced. I can't remember exactly. I only uh, saw you're, it. you're way too nice, man. Way too good. Yeah. That, uh, that, that thin air is getting to you. <laughs> there was like this 12 year old kid next to me and i was like you know I, I remember what it was like to be a kid and wanting to have something that you went to, to take home that you went from went to from and jeremy's like i'm doing it for the kids it's for the kids it's for the kids for the kids man it's for the kids <laughs> but i'm hanging on to this drumstick <laughs> so now that i'm just curious if you guys are going to integrate now the the video cubes in your guys' set that they had <laughs> that last arena run. Are you just going to borrow them now and just be like, yeah, this is our production? You know, we get pretty... 48 in- cubes. I think that's in the budget. We get pretty ingenious with our stuff. Knowing how uh, how Shane's mind works, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up with something that would be... <laughs> I can get 48 cubes from Goodwill. They might not turn on, but we could have 48 televisions on stage. There we go. We could probably rock that. You guys got to get your asses out here, man. Re- recreate the whole Seattle 89 show. <laughs> Let's get the- hey, we, hey, it's been discussed. Yes, we have talked about doing that show, a full themed show where in Seattle. Yeah. If, if and when all of this bullshit passes, hopefully we can make something happen. Cause yes, it has definitely been discussed before in the past. I'll make sure I bring the watch to throw on the stage. dude you're way ahead of it jeremy i love it (laughs) five bucks (laughs) five bucks you'll see the uh you'll see the zarlac guitar that's for sure this watch five bucks five bucks and then shane's got to be in the he's got to be in the uh the the tight pants and the socks 
Well, the unfortunate part about that is they close with bread fan, and at the end, Kirk comes up and whips his pants down. So uh, I, don't if, I don't know if Jeff's into that. Ooh, rough. <laughs> <laughs> we might skip that part. Yeah. All I know is I need to get a Tom Anderson bowling ball before we do the show. There you go. And I know exactly where that exact guitar is. Right. So I need it. Tell him I'll buy it from him. I got. We'll rent yeah. it. Yeah. For sure. That'd be awesome. Jeff, just think of that set list. Open with black and close with bread fan. Hey, there we go. See, that's my kind of set. Where that's your the, kind of bread fan. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like you'd want it swapped. Let's open <laughs> with bread fan and close with blackened. <laughs> and then the thing that should not be. Yes. yes. That'd be very interesting. That song is only, we've only pulled that one out a few times as well. I, like maybe twice. When we've played puppets in its entirety, obviously, but... I don't think we've ever played it outside of when we do the the record in its entirety. Right. You know, I remember watching that Seattle 89, and for some reason, James was really into waking the fucking people up. Like, yeah. how the neighbor, they, I'd be mighty fucking pissed. Or, or like, at the beginning of Master of Puppets, he goes, wake up, fuck. <laughs> yeah, wake up, fuck. I hope you're all ready to sing loud as a fuck. Yeah. Because <laughs> we he just, he was shit coming out of you. He was really into waking up people around that time. I don't know. Best part of recreating that, and this is weird coming from a drummer, to live is to die jam right into puppets. There you go. I love that bass solo, bass doodle into live is to die. It's one of the cleanest, smoothest parts they've ever played live. Yeah, just that, just that, uh, was that three Tom Phil right into it? Yeah. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. And let's be real, it's always fun to watch our bass player uh, switch from, because obviously he does Rob currently, so I mean, and he nails Rob to a T as far as the way he plays, the style, Crab everything. Walk and all. Oh, everything, literally. <laughs> to a the way, Literally, it's to a T, but it's always cool to see him pull the Jason motif out and bring a pick out. And see, for me, I, I just, I like the sound in metal music, I think bass players should play with a pick i just i feel like the sound is a little more aggressive it just it matches the music better in my opinion uh don't get me wrong i i I think what rob does is great but i just feel like jason and like the pick you know and the attack and all that it just sounds a little bit more metal and then that means shane you gotta go get the like the 14 piece tama kit the gray one yeah the gray one that's (laughs) right out but I just remember I also have to get a piece of cardboard so I can hold up a sign that says burp. burp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope. Now you almost threw up. Yeah. <laughs> so what if I fucking threw up? So what? <laughs> God, there's, if you think about it, there's so much good banter from that one show. That show holds probably some of the best quotes of all time. You could probably make your top 10 Metallica quotes come just from that show alone. Just James's banter from Seattle 89. That's some of the most legendary stuff. Fueled by Coors. Thank you. <laughs> so if I fucking threw up, so what? Well, almost threw up. That doesn't count. So I almost fucking threw up, so what? <laughs> Dude, we need a I Disappear scoreboard slash low man's lyric scoreboard. I think we need a separate scoreboard just for the Instagram, Jeff. Yeah, can we start uh, the low man lyric at like its own page? I mean, I think just, so. We could just do that. It'll be called Hurdy Gurdy Lyric. Hurdy Gurdy. 
<laughs> we need to find the hurdy gurdy guy and have him on the show. Yeah, yeah, that that one hurdy gurdy player. That would be legit. <laughs> that just, conversation to me would be interesting. Just came to me, hurdy gurdy guy from the '97 recording of Reload. If you're listening, which you should be, drop us a message on Instagram or in podcast for all at gmail.com. Let's right. jump into Low Man's lyric. I was gonna Sounds say, good. speaking of Low Man's lyric, you know how it goes, Jeremy. Five songs, three strikes, two seconds of each song. Sounds good. If you know all this banter, you're gonna you're gonna know these songs. You're you're sitting in good shape already, man. How could I not? <laughs> we better we better cue up the Lulu. Let's let's get it tough. Here we go. Yeah, get some iced honey. Brandon Burke. <laughs> you taking the first one, Shane? Yeah, let me get it queued up. All right, I'll get the second I'll, I'm one. I'm always dude. delayed on this. Hang on. Well, you know what's funny? Speaking of Lulu, you know, there's this uh, there's this kind of wrestling show on YouTube. It's called Botchamania. And every time that somebody uses a table, they use the James Hetfield, I am the table. Yes. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, they do. And it's That's so cool. fucking hilarious. Anytime there's like a botch spot with somebody involving a table, you just you can just... He just randomly yells out, I am the table. <laughs> That's cool they're using it. Yeah. James Hetfield's going to be like, uh, 50 bucks. <laughs> right. I'm going to need some royalties from that, please. Yeah. James is happy they're <laughs> using it, too. It's like, oh, yeah, thank you. All right. Song uh, number one, Mr. Casey, you ready? I am. Here we go. That's two by four. Oh, didn't even have to think about that it. That was quick. We were just talking about two by four. We were. Yeah. That's why as soon as you said it, I was like, all right, all right. I see your footsteps. Let's see how quickly you get this. And then boom. That was quick. That's that Ooh. That's that jazz band part. where you... The jazz solo. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nicely done. All right. You ready for number two, sir? Sounds good. Ooh. Mm. Whew, that's a tough one. That's mm. a tough section of that song. It really <laughs> Dude, we'll be like golf. You get one breakfast shot. You can get one mulligan. Breakfast <laughs> shot. <laughs> Damn, that looks, that's a tough part of that song, dude. Uh, can you run it back one more time? All right, oh, here we oh, go. Man. Here's his breakfast shot. <laughs> Ooh, I even gave you one extra second. Ooh. Cheater. Man, it definitely sounds something from Justice. I want to say... I, I don't know what it is, but the two songs I'm either thinking of is either Blackened or Harvester of Sorrow. I'm going to say this. It's not off of justice, but that segment that you heard, I mm-hmm. totally understand where you're coming from, and it's very close to that era. It really is. Unfortunately, it is not either one of those. I'm sorry. It is the weight. Oh, the weight. <laughs> Here, I'll play, play that the, a little bit longer. That's a I'll, fucked up part. I'll play the rest of it from where I stopped it.
Yep. Yeah, it's definitely the way. That high power goes, wah, wah, then that's a lot more obvious. That's a tough part. For sure. It's definitely uh, a little bit more of a rarity. But with how quick you got two by four, I thought this one for sure. I was like, oh boy, this one might be too easy. <laughs> that drum sound is very similar to, to Justice. I could see where you're coming from on that. So is that riff for just a little bit. Yep. yep. Great song. All right, dude, song number three. I know this one too. Uh, it's the end of the line. No. <laughs> the, no. The dead silence says no. <laughs> I don't have no, a family feud buzzer ready yet. No, that's Atlas Rise. Dude, wow that that was the comeback of the century right there. Yeah, that was, that was Atlas Rise. Even here again. Didn't even need to hear a nice recovery, man. Yeah, that then uh, goes back to about that intro bit. Yeah. and that's where the uh, Iron Maiden part comes up, as I call it. Shane, how hard is that new material? Because I haven't even tried it. Um, it's not. How do I say this? Atlas can be a little bit like. I don't even want to compare it to Blacken, but there's some really key fills in there. It's kind of one of those songs. The first couple times you need a roadmap to it to make sure you nail it. For sure. I will say uh, this from a guitar not- player. Oh, sorry. But it's not hard to play, but it's just it's just got those certain sections that those you just, intricacies. You, yeah, you, like, you have to play the album version of it, or else the other three guys are going to be like, "Where the fuck are you?" Right. Yeah. I, I will say, from a guitar player standpoint, Hardwired is one of the easiest albums, guitar wise, as far as compared to Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic was like, I feel like. Death Magnetic was Injustice for All, and Hardwired was the Black Album as far as how easy things were to play because there is some tough stuff to play on Death Magnetic. Good way of putting it. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still some you know semi intricate parts of Death or of uh, Hardwired, but overall, it's a pretty straightforward album. I you know I always thought one of the fun bits to play off of Death Magnetic was the beginning to Broken, Beaten, Scarred. Yeah, just on the drums, just that whole the kick drum to the open hi hat, and yep. then and then rounding it out on the toms to come back around. It's a it's kind of like a nice little warm up. Great if intro, you, yeah, for sure. I've never played that song live before. I don't know if before I joined the band if they played that song. No, you guys never did. BBS, yeah. We've never touched it. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. It's a fun song. We've played Life, Day, uh, Cyanide, Cyanide, and All Night Mirror Long. Dude, and I remember listening to like the opening shows of that Death Magnetic era. Nightmare's a long song. <laughs> that's a complicated song. Yeah, there's a lot going on. 
James really struggled with the with the pacing of the lyrics of That Was Just Your Life for like the first 10 shows, maybe. He struggled with the pacing of the lyrics, for well, sure. Well, because they play everything so much quicker and faster live. Yeah. It's a yeah. long song, too. Yeah. No, the new stuff to answer your question, Jeremy, is pretty straightforward. Um, Moth into Flame, it's faster than you think when you sit down and play it. It definitely is. Okay. Um, Hardwire is obviously fast, but it's so short and it's over so fast that it doesn't exhaust you. Well, we play it like they play it live, so we have we have, it. The, we have the tape just like they do live, so the song only ends up being like two and a half minutes for us. <laughs> yeah, you can go you can go balls to the wall fast with that, and you're not you're not tired. It's not like you're playing it for eight nine minutes. The main part for Hardwired kind of strikes me as something like Hit the Lights. Oh yeah, in, in ways, yeah, same kind of kick snare pattern. Yeah, it has that vibe when you're playing it live too. It just it you almost kind of get that hit the lights feel. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. When you sit down and tackle Moth, it's faster than you think. Everything else is straightforward, and I'd say the only challenging, kind of fatiguing one, spit out the bone. Yeah, spit out the bone, and I agree with what you said with Atlas. There's definitely a few key parts that can get a little tricky if you're not paying attention to what's going on. The funny part is when you said it's coming to the Iron Maiden part. You know, the working title for that was "New Wave of British Heavy Metal." See, it makes <laughs> it makes sense because that that whole harmony part that yep. they have there, it just I don't know. I just remember they've got that little, you know, when they got that checkerboard where they're checking off all the X's for the parts they're recording. Yep, Atlas the whole time was called, you know, the NWOBO. Yeah, BHM. That was the working title up until I think the very end, which makes sense when you hear the. The maiden part we all refer to. Right. <laughs> all right, where are we at? Number song four? Num- yep, song number four. You ready, Jeremy? Yep. Disposable Heroes. Dude. Nice. Nice. That was quick. Disposable bird in the background chirping in Jeremy's front yard. Hey, it hasn't been as loud lately. No. Yeah, it's, I think it's gone. Finally. Maybe that maybe that plane hit them. <laughs> <laughs> Sucked it in their engine. Jeremy scared the bird away. All this talk of metal. Hey man, that's one thing I always get nervous about when I'm riding on planes, like the don't descent. Don't get fucking scared. Yeah, don't get fucking scared, man. <laughs> don't get fucking scared, man. We're already on number five? This went fast. We're on number yeah. five, man. This last one. Been too much fun talking about playing hardwired at Mach 7. All right, number five, Low Man's Lyric, Mr. Case. Here we go. All right. Hmm. Yeah, that's got to be a deep cut somewhere for sure. Um, I have no clue, man. It's definitely a deeper cut. One of my favorites off that album. Yeah. God damn it, Jeff. Quit dropping hands. <laughs> well, I thought maybe it's not that deep. We're going to give it to him again. All right. Mulligan. <laughs> Just because there's a music video for it doesn't mean it's not deep. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> But I have a feeling that <laughs> all the songs on that album had music videos to them. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Oh, this is too fun. Yeah. <laughs> At one twelve in the morning. I can't. I don't know. It. That's definitely a very, very deep part for sure. Jeff's favorite song off of Hardwired. Dream no more. Yeah, because that slow, slow, sludgy part right there. Yeah, yeah. sludgy trucking part. It just got that heaviness to it. The weight. Yeah, hey, definitely. Man, if you want weight, I'm your fucking guy. <laughs> Well, then we'll just wait forever. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, dude. We got to give him a half a point for that banter. Joke. Just because he got that. Yeah, I know. It's kind of how I felt about this show. It's like when. Now there's a dog. Wolf, wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Not my dog. Dude, we've gone from airplane to bird to wolf now. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> of wolf and bird. <laughs> of wolf and bird. <laughs> That might be the t- the episode That's title. The name of the episode right there. Of Wolf and Boeing. <laughs> the Earth is actually round people. That's the name of it. Yeah. But yeah, according to Boeing, it is round. Gotta build that building, dude. What's one song you can't stand, Jeremy? AKA the song that should not be. A Metallica song or any song? How how about both, Jeff? Yeah, let's do both. Okay. I wouldn't say I couldn't stand a Metallica song, but definitely one of my least favorite songs would probably be... The least one I don't really pay attention to a lot is The House That Jack Built. Wow. Dude, we were just talking about Load. I know, you were giving (laughs) all kinds of props, and now... And now you're throwing Jack under the house? Come on, man. You <laughs> built the house. Jack's done. <laughs> the house he built. <laughs> no Jack, huh? Wow, interesting. I gotta, we got to add that to the scoreboard, too. I love it. We're going to have too many scoreboards. It's funny. Usually people are saying purify and dirty window, but the house that Jack built, no uh, no love. In- that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, not one I really particularly pay attention to. Um as a song overall, there's a lot for me. It's not really to it's me. It's about Cardi B. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Jeff said <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Jeff said it. I actually didn't hear you. What was it? It's wet by Cardi B. Oh God. Good Lord. <laughs> that. Yeah. I think that song speaks for itself. I don't even need to ramble off the reasons why it's an intolerable song here. We'll give you a golf clap for that. <laughs> it's funny you guys <laughs> making all these fucking golf references because that's what I'm getting into right now is fucking golf. I love oh, golf. Really? Cool. Yeah, man. I hit up Top Golf all the time. Oh, we got one here in Minnesota. I haven't been there yet, but it's legit. I, I've been trying to go. I love golfing. Top that Top Golf is, is where it's at. Shit joint. Little spendy, but that can be a hell of a night. I want to go play that new course that Tiger Woods just built out in Missouri. Yes. That one. I've seen video of that too. That looks it doesn't look like Missouri. It looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably Sorry, not Missouri people. Just because Tiger Woods' name is, you know, associated with it, I'm sure it's not a cheap course to play either. Oh no. 
No, no. And it's a brand new course. Right. Brand new, just open. And not only that, it's also backed by Bass Pro Shops and all that shit. So like you're, they've you're got the multi-million much, dollar sponsors and yeah, you know. you're, you're not getting in there without at least giving a left testicle and an arm. <laughs> well, <laughs> where, where, where do we sign? Right. Right. Six bucks in my left nut says we're not landing in Missouri. <laughs> hey man. Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. That's, that was perfect. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've made all the use out of mine that I need. I don't need any more kids. I'm good. <laughs> I'll give one. I'll give one away. They're oh, like kidneys. You only need one to survive, you know? That is classic, Jeremy. Dude, we didn't even get past the Pepsi Center. You've seen three shows. What were the other two? So... So the other two were um, the Hardwired uh, Stadium Tour. Uh, that was June seventh, two thousand seventeen, believe that was right there. And then I saw the uh, the Arena Tour part of that in Portland on December seventh, two thousand eighteen. <laughs> Rose so, Garden, uh, Moda Center, but yeah, Rose. I'll right, always Moda. call it the Rose Garden. I always call it the Rose Garden, even though I'm not a native of Portland, but uh, I would always watch the Nuggets play the Trailblazers, and that's what they always called it was the Rose Garden. They've always been in our division. That June 7th stadium show, was that Denver? That was Denver. That was... uh, I was there. The Broncos Stadium. Yeah, that was a really crazy lightning storm. Yeah. Um, Very cool. I I remember they just finished the Unforgiven, and uh, they kind of... And then I just saw them all go and to the stage and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I was like, here we go. I was like, I was like, I don't care if we have to miss a few songs. Just don't cancel the fucking show. I was thinking the same thing. Cause that storm rolled in. And I'm like, Holy shit. This is getting nasty. Was that the show that you guys got into an accident on the way to the show on the way after the show back oh, to the airport? Yeah. In, in the taxi, right? Yeah. We're in that minivan. And we came over this hill, and we rear-ended this Grand Cherokee going about fifty. Jeez, Damn. what a way! What a way to end the night. That was a brutal. We were lucky; no one got hurt. I mean, we this traffic came to a standstill. We came right over the top of the hill, and all of us at the same time were just like, "Oh fuck, this is gonna hurt!" Oh. <laughs> just whap right up against. The... <laughs> yeah, you know, they say it happens in slow mo when you really hit something and you can see it coming. It yeah. felt like eight seconds from the time we were all like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> yeah, there was no avoiding it. It was it was It, it was happening. That, <laughs> that cab was totaled. You've seen the pictures, dude. Oh, yeah. it's It was, there was, the whole front end was smashed in. It was, uh, oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Colorado in general is like that, man. There's a lot of blind corners and shit everywhere. I especially going up the mountains. In there. We were in a, um. What's the Chevy van right now? Jeff, you know cars. Yeah, but I don't really know minivans all that Chevy well. minivan and that thing. I feel like his a... father's Jeff. We should know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what <right>? minivans? <laughs> you guys should know your soccer mom vehicles. Anyway, we were under that Grand Cherokee, and her Grand Cherokee had a hitch on it, Ooh. and that hitch took the majority of it, and her bumper wasn't even bad shape and that front end of the van i mean that hitch came all the way up to fucking dashboard it made Damn. a v it made a v in that front end that, that cherokee held up well 
Well, that's because it's a Jeep. No, it probably, I don't know if it was a Chevy. I think, like, they had minivans. It was, like, back in, like, 05. But they stopped making minivans quite a while ago, as far as, like... look at the picture. Unless it was, like, a City Express van, but... uh, The thing that I was with Chris and Bill... They had the Venture, (laughs) I think, is what the van was. That's what it is. That's what it was. It was a Venture. Oh, it was a Venture? Yep. Now that you said it, it's a Venture. The fucked up thing was it had the... The partition, so the the plastic, kind of like you felt like you're in the back of a cop car, like you couldn't. Oh right, yeah, it had like rob the, shield the driver, there. yeah, and it's got the little coin thing that you slide. Yep, in and out if you had to pay cash or something. Yeah, talk about a billion to one odds. As we were in that accident, my phone is in my hand. We hit the Grand Cherokee. My phone somehow flies out of my hand goes through that slot <laughs> and ends up in the cab driver's front seat. Tell me what the odds are of that. You should have bought a lottery ticket that night. You couldn't recreate that if you tried a million times no. in a row. Yeah, but that- the slot was open like that and the phone went in it and the slot went forward and the phone flew out into the front. Well, yeah, and you get like that much space. It was unbelievable. Put that on Mythbusters and see if they can solve that one. Probably about the same amount of odds as Dane Cook talked about when he dropped his phone and piss and a droplet went into his eye. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, I remember that. Probably about those same odds. Uh, what's what stand? Wasn't that that was a stand up, wasn't it? I think it was from Isolated Incident in two thousand two thousand eight, right around there. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That's the same odds of having a guest on in podcast for all, hearing an airplane, a bird, and a wolf in a forty five minute window. Hey, dude. It's been a great episode. (laughs) I've enjoyed myself. (laughs) It's been amazing, Jeremy. Thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. Be safe. And you reached out just like we want other people to do on podcastforall at gmail.com. You, the fan, come on the show. Drive the discussion. This has been one hell of a discussion. (laughs) For sure. We've talked about 1,400 things in just over an hour. Yeah, that's ADHD for you. (laughs) (laughs) couldn't have said it better my friend (laughs) oh i love it man thanks again jeremy have fun in uh muckle teal washington did i say it right yeah you did (laughs) third time's a charm there you go you get it right you know we've only been together for 20 fucking years metlica (laughs) yeah metlica (laughs) you gotta do the little do the little drum beat on your yeah the little yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're having way too much fun. Jeremy, let's do it again. Keep in touch and uh thanks again for coming on. For sure, man. You guys too stay safe. You too. Thanks, man. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye.